The red stone house stood at the end of a cul-de-sac on the outskirts of Hillerod. Ica had told her he'd left home at seventeen, and he hadn't had much to do with his parents since then. But she didn't know if the sporadic contact stemmed from some problem or if he just didn't fit in with the suburban conformity. Louise called his parents from the car, apologizing for disturbing them so early in the morning. When she said she was with the Copenhagen police, his father sounded a bit dismissive, but when he heard she was his son's colleague and that they shared an office, his attitude changed. Suddenly, she was more than welcome to come. They would both be at home until eleven, when his wife had a doctor's appointment. The house stood close to the road, and on her way to the door, she noticed what looked like a large lawn on the other side, a classic fifties residential area house. Some lawns had swing sets, others boasted flower gardens in pristine condition. Retirees and families with children, Louise decided. Not very much stuck out. Odd that this seemingly conventional suburban community was where the free-spirited Ica had grown up and played as a child, she thought. She rang the doorbell. Ica's father was tall and narrow-shouldered, with very dark hair. He had the same high cheekbones as his son, and his hair was combed back flat like Ica's, though there wasn't much left of it. The resemblance made Louise smile wider when she shook his hand and thanked him for allowing her to come. Please, come in, come in, he said, and he gestured for her to follow him into the living room. No need to take your shoes off. We've just brewed our morning coffee. Would you like a cup? A worried-sounding voice came from the kitchen. Hopefully nothing has happened to him. Ika's mother appeared in the doorway. Her right arm was in a cast, but she stuck her left arm out and held Louise's hand as she gazed at her. Aren't you the one he's been living with? She let go of Louise's hand. We don't hear much from him, but he did mention you the last time we saw him. He also spoke about your son. Louise nodded and said that Jonas and Ica got along very well. The living room looked very different from what she'd expected, judging by the outside of the house. Asian style. Lots of pillows, patterns, gold, Buddha figures, and shades of red. There was also a sofa set and coffee table, with everything shrouded in the mild, pleasing scent of incense. Louise felt ashamed of having been so quick to judge this residential area. Given that Ika's name was inspired by the lead singer of a popular 60s Danish band, Stepulvina, she should have known his parents would have a somewhat alternative lifestyle. She was offered a mug of coffee and a seat in a comfortable armchair by the window. When had Ika told them he'd moved in with her, she wondered. Recently, or quite a while ago? His father got straight to the point. I hope he hasn't gotten himself into any serious trouble. We are well aware of his occasional lapses, when it's hard for him to work. Oh, Bent, that was a long time ago. It was back when she disappeared. We don't know where he is, Louise said, before they got into their son's ex-girlfriend. Well, he does drop out of sight once in a while, his father said. And Henny is right. It's something that started after the tragedy down there. A school photo of Ica stood in the windowsill. His hair was longer back then, nearly shoulder length. He wore what looked like a military shirt, 
and his eyes were a bit sleepy, as if he were bored and had been forced into having his picture taken. There are a few special circumstances about Ika's disappearance, and we want to make sure that nothing has happened to him. Louise chose her words carefully to convey the seriousness of the situation without worrying them too much. So first, I'd like to know, have you spoken with him since noon yesterday? They both shook their heads. Are you aware of any plans he might have had? No, his mother said. He usually doesn't let us in on things like that, though. But he came by not too long ago, Bent said. Two, three months ago, wasn't it? He glanced over at his wife, who was sitting cross-legged on the sofa. That sounds about right. It was definitely before your birthday. He brought along that bottle of port. Louise didn't know he had visited his parents while they had been living together.